The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com VoiceAmerica.com welcomes you to Stars of PR with Cindy R. Now here's the host and founder of Rack and Roll Public Relations, Cindy Rakowitz. Good morning. How appropriate that it's Oscar nominee announcement morning because... Devin Crane, who is a DreamWorks animator and a really great artist, painter, is with me here today, and he is Celebrity Caliber, so it's such a mix. Welcome, Devin. Good morning, Cindy. How are you? Okay. Did you see the Oscar nominations announcement? I saw a bunch of them, actually, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, that's good, because not only are you talented, brilliant, wonderful, and nice, you also know that you have to connect to the news. Yes. <laughs> I mean, you know, that's really a good thing. I, I have to say, Devin's been a friend for a long time, and I really enjoy the friendship with Devin. He's a lot of fun to hang out with, but now we're really getting serious about his passion and his art. And I am so proud of you, Devin. You are going to be in a big show this Saturday night at the Corey Helford Gallery. And I think that's marvelous. How do you feel about that? I feel very excited. I really do. It's been about two years kind of uh, working on the pieces in the collection. And I'm just so excited to kind of show everybody like what's been kind of brewing in my mind and heart. So I'm very, very excited. Well, you should be. Let's talk about the theme a little bit before we go into your history and background and DreamWorks projects. We have a lot to cover in this 45 minutes to an hour. So I want to talk about Love and Tears a little bit because it's very, very timely. Um, you know, we have the biggest economic meltdown since 1929. Um, that affects people, particularly when they use designer brands as props to make themselves happy, and now maybe a lot of them can't do that anymore. So I think that it's just so timely that the show is taking place. But let's talk about what you first thought of when you were thinking about your subjects and muses and thinking about what kind of images you wanted to paint? Well, some of the first um, kind of stories and images kind of um, crowd themselves from, from many friends of mine, from stories, you know, like to hearing people break ups and, and, then, and then stories of woe and heartache and, you know, that growing up in Los Angeles, a lot of my friends and, uh, and myself included, you know, were just just kind of I'm surrounded by all these, you know, fast cars and luxury brands and handbags and shoes and designer watches and 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 which all that is so wonderful and it is a lot of fun. But 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 in contrast to that, I was watching all the, all these same people just having so much heartache and pain and stress and like these things are supposed to actually actually make your life better and they kind of weren't, you know. And then oh. kind of um, through some of my own experiences and my own heartaches. I started kind of um, thinking about the show like in a more like broadened sense from where it began, just kind of like people who are having heartache into kind of taking more more of a social message, and like and then kind of just um, connecting those images to to some of the luxury brands. You know, we kind of almost use it as a crutch to make ourselves feel better. You know, like in times of darkness, and I kind of wanted to just just make it very personal. And really make the images almost as if you're watching, you know, like a mini movie or like listening to a to a piece of music. So like there is a definite narrative to the entire show, but yet each piece works by itself. But it kind of builds, you know, and each piece I think, like you know, like the viewer kind of see that like the the actual characters get more and more dumb distraught as it as each piece kind of builds and progresses. They do. They get more and more distraught. But then of course there's the you know pinnacle piece of Whitney Pensner, yes. and um, she really depicts hope. 
Absolutely, and I wanted to actually have the balance to the show. And originally, I didn't have that, and um, it was actually right before I, I, I met her. We've been dating about a year now, actually, and I've just been so happy. So, like, I wanted to have that point of view, too, of, like, you know, even when you have the woes and the heartaches and you think it's over and you're never going to meet anybody and, the, you know, like, the ship's kind of sinking, basically, you know, you know, there's always a chance to turn it all around. And I think for me, she was that chance. And, you know, so, so I wanted to have that. And, and I used the symbol of, of a butterfly's, like, in her piece, which is kind of, you know, a renewal and rebirth and just that kind of cocoon, the kind of breaking and having the chance for, you know... Yeah, no, exactly. Kind of like Michelle Obama's dress for the exactly, game. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> optimism. She kind of had butterfly-like accessories all over that dress. Yeah, she really did. She really <laughs> you know, did, you know. No accident. But, um, well, it's interesting, and in the, you know, in the final piece, you know, I'm using the fashion metaphors, and you always have, you know, the final, you know, symbol of hope at the end of every show. It's interesting that she has no props. She doesn't need the designer brands. You don't exactly. see Louis Vuitton. You don't see Chanel. You don't see the discarded, um, you know, handbags and and whatnot. So that's the point. It's like real love. You can't really put a price on it. It's priceless. It's worth more than any kind of twenty thousand dollar watch you can buy. Absolutely. You know, I, mean, I think I, I think um, to that point, I think as people, it's really hard to kind of understand that oftentimes. I think especially when you're surrounded by it, like you really start to believe that these things will actually make you happy, you know. And, like, and they're beautiful things to have, but they aren't the things which, which really fill your heart and soul, you know. Oh, it's really not, even though a lot of people in Los Angeles really look for it. And I know that, you know, growing up, you know, near the Beverly Hills area um, was inspiration for you because that was designer row all the time. Absolutely, though, absolutely. I mean, as a kid here... You know, in the '80s, it was it was very decadent. Just seeing all of the you know Ferraris and Aston Martins and you know Lotuses and the, you know like like just all the guys with the white suits and like the young girls. And you really kind of got a skewed perspective of the child in a way. And you kind of always knew it was special to this place. Like you're, you kind of thought that this can't be how the whole country is, you know. But but like in some ways too, it was actually quite just entertaining to kind of watch from an actual kind of a voyeuristic point of view because you're kind of almost watching the, these mini films happen and the drama that these people have that is really kind of in some ways and in most ways actually self-imposed. <laughs> and, no, exactly. You know, I think that you and I really get along on a deeper level because you know that I was employed as um, a corporate officer with Playboy Enterprises for so many years and here I am, you know, this Queens girl from New York that's, you know, sort of transported to Beverly Hills really, really quickly. Absolutely. And it really all seemed like a screenplay to me. It was all, you know, when you grow up in Queens, New York, your values are very different. You don't even know what designer brands are. You're not in, Mid- <clears throat> you know, you're not in Midtown Manhattan. Um, you know, you, you really don't have this facade of having to drive around in these Ferraris and stuff like that, because if you do that in Queens, the potholes are going to ruin it anyway. Exactly. exactly. So, um, you know, I come in, you know, with the rows of trees on Rodeo Drive, looking right out of a movie, and then, you know, you go to the Peninsula Hotel, and you see the very, very men that you're talking about mm-hmm. going on to their fourth trophy, life yes. or fifth, because they've already discarded the other ones because they got too old. And, you know, it's this really depressing. <laughs> it is. It really is sad in a way, you know. You no, know, it's this depressing cycle that goes with the having to, it's like a drug fix. You have to have a designer brand. You have to have the designer Barbie wife. 
um, or trophy girl, mm-hmm. and um, I think that a lot of your art really depicts that. I mean, it's just wonderfully done, wonderfully done. And let's not, let's remind everybody that your show again is at the Corey Helford Gallery this Saturday night at seven to ten p.m. It's open to the public, and everybody is welcome to come. There yeah. might be a line; they're expecting a lot of people. But, Please come. Um, the more, the merrier. The more, the merrier. And um, the other thing that's unusual that I think. You know, both you, Devin, and the gallery really likes a lot is the fact that most of your muses, 95% of your muses, will be there. Yes, absolutely. absolutely. That's a big deal. That shows that your subjects have a real respect for you as an artist and want to support you in, you know, in your passion and your dreams and the sale of your paintings. Yes. No, I'm Perfect. so thankful. I really am. I, I can't thank everyone enough. You know, they've been so helpful in this process and imposing and keeping me calm and laughing with me and just making this like this whole process of of you know of uh, painting this collection just just was fun you know and just getting into it it's just been so exciting oh i know and let's talk about the fact that if people would google you right now devin you know i i think i forgot the amount of google hits that there are but it's like a ridiculous amount it's like 667,000 or yes. something like that it's um is that overwhelming for you it is i mean um thanks to you and your pr firm i mean it really i i can't even imagine like you know like what i would do without it no well you know, I, you know what i really have to tip my hat off to andrew scott yes because, you know he was you know, the publicist that was working day in and day out on this account, he knows that I was very involved in it because, again, when you when you work with a friend and a friend becomes a client, you really have to do a good job. And Andrew knew that. Um, <laughs> you know, it's like, it's okay if you piss off a client once every 10 years, but that person <laughs> is not going to be your friend. <laughs> exactly. No, I had full trust. I never had a worry in my mind that but, um, everything, you know, anything it was, would go wrong. But I was, you know, again, the kudos are to Andrew, so I'm not being, yes. you know, selfish Thank here. You, I just have to say, and to Betty, for an for an artist that's doing a local show, I had never. You got so many hits, so the press is recognizing that you know you're more than just a fly by night, you know, thing. They're recognizing that you have quality to your work and that you're something to be spoken about. And come on, you know the movie business. You work at DreamWorks. There's a lot of films that get made, but not a lot of them that get talked about. That's and, very true. Um, you're just like that. You're one of the people that gets talked about. I am so proud of you. Oh, thank you so much. You know, like I really did pour my entire heart into this project, so I'm glad it's it's paying off and I can see it kind of happening. And it's just very very exciting. It really is. It's extremely exciting. It really is. We're going to take a commercial break. I don't have to cut you off so abruptly, but in about another minute. But um, in the next segment, Devin, when you stand by after the commercial breaks, I want to talk about your your Catholic upbringing. Okay. Um, Absolutely. Because I know that's very big influence on your work. I want to talk about some of the artists, the classic artists, that have influenced your work because I think when you examine the 15 pieces that were done for this particular show, um, you you could, you know, for a real art critic or art connoisseur or evaluator, you could really pick up a lot of those pieces of your background, can't you? I agree. Very much so. It's all in there. It's um, it's really kind of incredible. So listen, everybody, stand by. And, Devin, why don't you give everybody the name of your website? Yes, I'm DevinCrane.com. So www.devincrane.com, you could see his work. 
We're going to take a quick break. Everybody stand by, and you'll hear more from Devin Crane in just a minute. News. Opinion. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Movie premieres, TV specials, radio shows, film festivals, restaurant openings, fashion shows, charity events, yachts, parties. At Rack and Roll Productions, we do everything except make empty promises. Grand openings, book releases, speaking engagements, television, movies, radio. Rack and Roll Productions gets the job done whether it's an intimate party or a production with 2,000 people. In fact, you've probably seen and heard our work on the E! Channel, MTV, The Howard Stern Show, or in the pages of numerous newspapers and magazines. Now it's time for us to assist you. Turn saleability into profitability with the help of Rack and Roll Productions. Visit us online at www.rackandrollentertainment, that's R-A-K-N-R-O-L-L, entertainment.com, or call 1-818-597-0700. Movie premieres, charity events, TV specials, radio. Rack and Roll Productions, we do it all. www.rakandrollentertainment.com. When you think about change in your life, do you think about yourself? How does that translate to growth in your business? The change we want to see in our business starts with ourselves as leaders and the impact we can make. Join host Linnea Hagen on a terrific journey that takes you from motivation to inspiration. Every Tuesday at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time, listen for Abundance Leadership right here on the Voice America Business Network. Abundance Leadership. Grow your business. Grow yourself. Looking for a good time? We've got a show that will give you a wild ride. This show will make you feel good. And it's not even bad for you. You need your time to let loose. It's time for a feel-good party. Pull up to the computer, mix yourself a drink, and turn up the speakers. Happy Hour is here. Every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern, it's called the biggest radio show in the world. Hosted by international personality and pundit Michael DeMarco. You don't know what's coming next. The biggest radio show in the world on Voice America. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Welcome back to Stars of PR with Cindy R. If you have a question or comment, call in toll free at 1 866 472 5788. Now back to the show. Here's Cindy Rakowitz. We're back, everybody. Devin, are you with us? I am still here. How are you oh, doing? Oh, good. We have such great broadcasting quality through the satellite radio that sometimes it's so crisp, I don't even know if my guests are there. <laughs> <laughs> but um, going back to Devin Crane, and um, it's, again, Devin, give the name of your website. Yes, yeah, so it's um, DevinCrane.com. DevinCrane.com. And I want everybody to take a look at Devin's paintings. Um, I want everybody to make sure you stop by at a great party at the Corey Helford Gallery this Saturday night from 7 to 10 p.m. The gallery is awesome. It's hip. It's wonderful. It, you know, I have to say that um, Bruce Helford and, um, and Jan, I, you know, they do incredible incredible work in selecting very, very talented artists. I mean, you're really in a, 
you know, you're in great company, Devin. No, I feel very lucky. They've been very, very kind in letting me show there, so I'm very excited to be showing with them. You know, they're they're passionate. They know what they're doing. Uh, they do pre-pre-pre-sales. Yes, they do. Pre-pre-sales and pre-sales, and they really, they know the business. They do it in an elegant way, and, you know, of course, I'm partial to your paintings, Devin, but <laughs> well, the other you. artists that they feature, you know, they seem to be very, very careful in choosing a certain kind of look that is special. I agree. And not tacky. I agree. Um, you know, without losing the playfulness, mm-hmm. the risque qualities, they really know how to pick the paintings that can really please art collectors at large. And, um, and I think, too, just to add to that, I think one of the best things about them is that they really get just excited about the artists. And a lot of galleries out there, you know, there's kind of this kind of um, blasé to, like, just, you know, like you walking in. And they were actually, when I walked in the gallery, they were actually super just excited to talk with me. And I, I started showing them stuff, and they decided to, you know, to kind of um, take me in and, and just give me just a chance to show there. And they were really, really cool about it. But for me, like, yeah, just having them in, Having them as excited as I was about the collection, you know, just really made me want to show there, you know, and it really, I just feel very, very fortunate to be showing with them. Oh, exactly. It's really great. And maybe your Catholic, your Catholic upbringing helped. Maybe there is a God in a prayer. Let's I talk about yeah, that a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I know. I'm funny. But, um, All the Catholic let's guilt. Let's talk about going to church and how that influenced some of your creativity. Well, I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, I think for me, it's a big part of myself. Um, I went to Catholic school for, for six years and um, kind of kind of thought my parents on it a bit. It wasn't quite what I wanted to do, but I'm glad I went, you know, and I was always just really big into history as it is, too, and I... As I got older, I started just, you know, driving my parents crazy with tons of questions. I'd learn stuff from the nuns and ask them questions and, well, what, why is this and what about this and how is this? And they're like, I never thought about that. I don't know, strange child, you know. So I would just start start kind of reading, you know, on my own and, like, you know, and my parents got me books on religion and theology and I started at, like, eight years old, just started getting really curious about stuff, you know, and, and like, wondering just about connections and, uh, like in humanity and how things are and why, you know, why we're all here. And I think that's a big part, I think, about my art is like those connections and like in personal like backstories, you know, and um, in the history of subjects, you know. So I think, you know, like definitely, you know, like, like reading all the stories uh, like in catechism classes and, you know, the confessions and having a sense of like almost like, you know, you know, carrying just the burden of the world in a way you get from going to Catholic school and, like, in first grade in a way, you know, where they almost make you feel from the beginning like you've done something wrong. Right, I kind of carry right. that well, with yeah, me, and I think it's become... Catholic guilt. Uh, yes, yeah, I think that guilt's become part of the art in some sense, and it's kind of just an outlet for that, you know, and showcasing, like, you know, like, like you know, just, like, these kind of perceived flaws, although you aren't really flawed, you know, like, you're human, and humans have breakdowns, humans have struggles, have great times, but you know, bad times, guilt, all those emotions, and trying to find a way to get those out through painting has kind of been my my purpose and challenge, you know. Well, in basic Catholicism, um, if you really got to the base and you know read the Old and New Testaments very carefully, um, I think that the message is not to um, you know not to spend on thyself and give more to others. Exactly, very much um, so. You know, I you know I think that that's a part of your emotional contribution and the turmoil. Mm-hmm. It's um you know 
here you are growing up in Los Angeles, right? Right. You know, in the Beverly Hills greater area, close enough to it, right? Yes. And um, you're 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 going to church, um, and did you go? You went to Catholic. School? I went to Catholic school. Yeah. So I mean, here you are, where <laughs> you know they're teaching about giving everything to others, not being selfish. You know. Um, you know, selfishness is probably not a good thing. Um, you know, overspending on frivolous things is probably not the best thing. Mm-hmm. You know, put a roof over your family's head. Put on the yeah. Catholic school uniform. Um, never mind designer clothing. Mm-hmm. But then you go outside and you see this stuff all around you, and it's like, what's going on here? Perception, reality. Are they teaching me what's really going on outside of school? Well, that and oftentimes, um, you saw it happening in the like in the parking lot of the school too. You'd see Mercedes and BMWs, and you know, then parents picking up their children. So that was ironic in a way too. You just left church, and then you walk outside, and you know, they see the moms with the pearls and the BMW, you know, and which is <laughs> and kind of odd at the implants in the '80s, you know, and all <laughs> pooped up. And like, <laughs> the hair got done every day. Right? And even as a kid, you're like, this is strange. This can't be normal. I know. No, I don't think uh, in Minnesota really you have something um, not right, you know. But but like, yeah, like I said, in some ways it was actually kind of kind of entertaining, and it made a lasting imprint, like on how I kind of perceived the world, you know. You no, know, and again, you could see it. Let's talk about your subjects now, and the way that you paint their eyes. Their the eyes are very large. Yes. Um, and full of emotion most of the time, you know, welling up with tears. You're yes. about to well up with tears, right? Yes. Well, I mean, part of that, like, from my my own kind of feelings, that the eyes really are people's um, key to their soul. When you look in, uh, you know, like in someone's eyes, you can always really kind of tell what's going on if you look close enough. So that was kind of my thought behind it. And I also wanted to show, too, like, all these people that really have such a strong, strong um, facade. And except, like, if you look close enough, like, you know, if you get close, close enough to the painting, you can start to see, you know, like, tears actually welling up in their eyes. And I didn't want to actually have tears kind of pouring out because I wanted to almost, even in this moment of breakdown, they still have a bit of poise and they're trying to hold. So like, the oh, tears are almost pooling, you know, like, like actually like, you know, in the eye instead of like coming out. Oh, it's, um, it's captured. It's really captured. Um, let's talk about, you know, some of your muses yes, and, um, you know, how you came up with their stories. I mean, I think we could talk about Martina. Cause yes, yes. Um, uh, Martina um, Warren's a good friend of mine, and um, she actually posed for three of the pieces. Um, and I met her through through a bunch of friends and so forth. And um, she she was awesome and posed for me. And um, part of the actual like thing for for all the pieces, they actually are all like, in a way my story. But I wanted to almost make it more more like more um, broad as far as uh, as like reaching mass people. So so I use a lot of women to kind of show show just the feminine side of emotion. And I picked certain people. I cast them not really based based on look, but almost like what I thought might be going on with them. And oftentimes I would show them, like, the sketch of their piece, and they would go, like, oh, my God, that's exactly how I feel. Like, how would you know this? And I don't know how or I've always kind of had that, like, kind of knack, but I really kind of cast it, you know, everybody. Like in Brooke, I've come here also a, a, who's an amazing friend of mine who I've known for about nine years, I guess, and, you know, such, you know, who's a fashion stylist and very controlled and, you know, but all, everybody, all of us have those moments where just stuff starts to become too much, you know, and you kind of well over, you know, and I wanted to kind of capture that. And so even though, like, each each 
piece is a different model oftentimes, they really are all my story told through these models, and also they many ways encompassing their own experiences and told through them. I think that's true. I want to, Let's talk about the fact that Martina Warren is known for being a penthouse pet. Yes, she was penthouse pet of the year, I believe, in 2006. Okay, so there was an attraction also to that kind of um, trade, let's yes. say. Right? I mean, you know, because if a person poses nude for a magazine, um, it kind of falls into that doing things to make one happy category. Absolutely. And, I mean, and just the courage and bravery I think it takes to, to do something like that and to, to, to almost be okay with it and know that those pictures aren't going to go away. They're going to be with you forever, you know. And do they always know that? I don't know. <laughs> I don't think they always know that. I think everyone kind of always maybe maybe even hears that, and they don't really be like, oh, okay, cool. Let me get a cover. Let me get in the magazine. And then you Google yourself, and you're like, oh, wow. <laughs> and like no, 10 like, years later, oh, you Google yourself, yeah. and they haven't gone anywhere, you know. Well, you could run, but you can't hide, right? Absolutely, which is kind of, I think, I think, I think one of, one of the, the biggest themes in the show, you know, is that very thing. Like, you can't really hide from yourself. No, you really, really can't. But she's, Martina Warren is lovely. Um, so sweet. Very, very lovely. And Brooke Afghani, yes, stylist, very, very composed. Very hard to break down. She'll always joke. Absolutely. You know, always she'll never smile. get to the nitty-gritty. She'll always put on her greatest game face. And, yes, and her um, best outfit. <laughs> and the best outfit. And, um, you know, you manage to capture a very vulnerable part of Brooke. And, again, it's um, the way that you kind of act like a psychologist mm -hmm. with your muse before you do the painting or even when you're doing your initial sketches um, or Polaroids, right? Yes, um, yes. You know, you really want to get a feel. You, you act like a psychologist. You ask them the questions that are going to prompt the deep answers that you want, and that's what's so fabulous about you. What artist does that? Well, yeah, I mean, I don't think many do, and for me it was most important to really get that personal connection to, to each piece, and many times talking to them, I was... More surprising, like on how quickly their like their eyes actually welled up with tears, you know. Like, and then I would start taking pictures, and sometimes I would stop and like let's take a break because you could actually see just all that feeling kind of coming up, and almost as if you know, like it was like a mini movie, like in directing them. I would kind of get them to a point where like, okay, now and, and uh, you know, here's your information, here's your moment, you know, kind of action, you know. And I would start shooting, and it was it was quite quite just interesting, just from an artist standpoint, and just standing back seeing how they connected to their piece in such a way, you know, and, and just the feelings that always had to kind of come out, and I tried to really just pay um, truth and justice to that, I think, in the paintings and make sure that I got at least those feelings in the pieces when I was, you know, kind of painting them. Oh, you, you absolutely did. It comes from your, you know, movie background where you watch people, you know, you, you see how the directors, you know, prompt and act mm -hmm. for to get into a feeling. Best. We have to take a break. Stand by. We'll come back in one second more with Devin Crane. <laughs> Great. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now. 1-866-472-5787. And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Movie premieres, TV specials, radio shows, film festivals, restaurant openings, fashion shows, charity events, yachts, parties. Festivals. At Rock and Roll Productions, we do everything 
except make empty promises. Grand openings, book releases, speaking engagements, television, movies, radio. Rack and Roll Productions gets the job done whether it's an intimate party or a production of 2,000 people. In fact, you've probably seen and heard our work on the E! Channel, MTV, The Howard Stern Show, or in the pages of numerous newspapers and magazines. Now it's time for us to assist you. Turn saleability into profitability with the help of Rack and Roll Productions. Visit us online at www.rackandrollentertainment, that's R-A-K-N-R-O-L-L, entertainment.com. Or call 1-818-597-0700. Movie premieres, charity events, TV specials, radio. Rack and Roll Productions, we do it all. www.rakandrollentertainment.com. Radio by George is a lifestyle program dedicated to improving the lives of listeners by focusing on the holistic growth of their mind, body, and spirit. Host Eddie George shares his life experiences as well as the experiences of his guest commentators and experts with the listening audience to focus them toward reaching their personal and professional goals. Tune in every Monday afternoon at 1 p.m. PST, 4 p.m. EST to Radio by George on the Voice America channel and learn more from the life experiences of a man who went from being a somewhat unruly kid in the streets of Philadelphia to a retired professional athlete who has become a role model for not only young people, but for businessmen and women globally. Plan to spend your Monday afternoons with Eddie George and his empowering talk radio show, Radio by George. That's every Monday at 1 p.m. PST, right here on the Voice America channel. If you've tried everything on the market and can't seem to get the radiant results you want from your skincare routine, it's time you stop shopping and start listening. Skin Health Today will help you take charge and start making smart choices for a lifetime of radiant skin and positive self-image. Join host Celeste Hilling and her esteemed panel of experts every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time for Skin Health Today on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio, VoiceAmerica.com. Cindy Rakowitz has won more awards than she can hang on her wall, including three Clios. Call in now at 1-866-472-5788, and you can have one. Okay, maybe not, but she will answer your questions. Now back to Stars of PR with Cindy R. Devin, we're back. How you DevinCrane.com. Go look, go buy, right? Yes. Or you could also go into the Corey Helfer Gallery's website where you could really go look and go buy, look for Devin Crane because they are selling in the pre sale, which is really exciting. Yes, very exciting. So, you know, there might not be any left. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's obviously. Connect with people. No, it's it's obviously a collectible. I think that they're very fairly priced for this day and time. Um, and I think that art collectors who don't make this a part of their collection are going to feel terrible about it later and are just going to have to pay more to commission you, Devin. Absolutely. So, I love that. <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, listen, I, again, I, we talked about it last week. Like, you got 15 paintings and, you know, you know three of them are... You know, gone, sold. I mean, you know, you're you're like, <laughs> you know, almost a third of the way there. I mean, you you know, I mean, you have two thirds left. Yeah, yeah. It's amazing. I can't complain. 
It's amazing. But, um, you know, again, let's, we've talked a little bit about the subjects before. Um, we can't talk about the subjects without talking about Adam Gaynor. Absolutely, a dear friend of mine. Um, was bass guitarist for Matchbox 20. Yes. And what a great guy. He is a sweetheart. If you guys don't know him, you're really missing out. He is an absolute, and just, just an absolute, just incredible soul. He really is. I mean, what, you know, in show business, but, you know, kept a sense of humor. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he kind of mocks the music industry in a way because he's so intelligent and really sweet and can, you know, have an intellectual conversation about it at the same time being self-deprecating in a way. He's great. Yeah, yeah. And he's producing, actually, you know, I'm a new artist right now. I think his name is uh, Tommy Hubbard, who's, if you guys haven't heard of him yet, you will. He's a phenomenal, phenomenal singer-songwriter, so... No doubt. I yeah. mean, I can't... Because, again, Adam, really, the first thing you get from him is intelligence before you really... Mm-hmm before you really get to know his soul and how funny he is and how good-natured he is. Absolutely. And, yeah, he really is funny. We've had some late-night talks when I'm... No, I know. He's really, really going. you know, he gets it, you know, like even with the short conversation we had about, you know, some of my show business stories, you know, he wants to relate to it on an intellectual level. It's not tabloid for him. Absolutely. You no, know, he he knows that anybody that has had to that has had to work with um, you know people with egos in show <laughs> business and publishing in movies or music, whatever the case may be, you know if they're succeed if they've succeeded in doing it for a long time, he wants to capture what went right, and that's what's like really cool about him. Yeah. No. And he's such a positive guy, which is so important, I think, to keep that as an artist. you got to stay positive, you know. Oh, exactly, exactly. So I think that he's going to go far. I know that in the music production place, he has the intelligence and the experience to do it. Mm-hmm. And, um, <clears throat> you know, I think it's great that he's a friend of yours and you got to paint him we, for the show. Very, very cool. Like, we actually um, scheduled a photo shoot, I think, about a year prior to him actually posing. And we played phone tag, and I'd see him, and we'd have dinner, and we're like, okay, next time you'll pose, you know, because artists can be kind of a procrastinators, too, sometimes. Right, <laughs> so kept, right, you know, of course. pushing it off right. and pushing it off, and then finally I got him and, and his own girlfriend, Ashley, who was also wonderful, to actually pose for the uh, for the for a piece together. And, and uh, she's it was very, just very, 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 very cool she's to paint. Very, out. very sweet, too. Again, when we had all the muses together at our, you know, little pre-gathering, Yes. Um, there was such great energy in the room because you like to surround yourself with great people. Mm-hmm. And everyone has a different story and is, is, you know, like is very fun in their own way and kind of brings themselves to the party, which is always exciting. Oh, exactly right. Well, you know, I just want to remind you that Bruce Helford is due to call in for the last segment. Right. So hopefully if um, he remembers the call-in number, which I think he will, because I send it to Angelique a lot. Right. <laughs> um, he'll be joining us and talking a little bit about the art business and the gallery business, and we'll hear from him and his point of view, and we'd love for you to stay with us, Devin, Absolutely. while he's on the line with us. I want to talk a little bit about the movie industry. Mm-hmm. Um, we went through different parts of your life. Um, you know, We went through the Catholic school, and we went through um, you know, the the luxury brand Beverly Hills thing and the contrast and the hypocrisy. Um, let's talk a little bit about the movie business and how that sort of ties into everything. 
Well, I think one of one of the, I think the biggest things about film is that the, I think the goal is to make art, but there's such a commerce um, machine behind it because these things cost so much. So you end up with with it not be really being art as much as it could be, you know. So there is that like the kind of oddness to it in a way where you strive to make the best thing possible, but usually you know we make the same film like four times before it gets done, and there's massive amounts of overspending and like you know the just executive notes. And as an artist, it is difficult because a lot of times you have to really kind of sacrifice like both your like your own ego and some of your training just to get things passed and approved. You know, tough. And, but you have to remember that you know. Listen, when you're working for a company like DreamWorks, you know DreamWorks is successful for a good reason, and that's because absolutely. they know how to connect to the masses. Mm-hmm. And um, when an artist has to connect a really great, passionate artist has to connect to the masses, it's just sort of what they have to do for, you know, for the corporate paycheck. Yeah, yeah, um, and it's, I actually, um, like, I enjoy that part, too, because it is kind of, it's almost like advertising, like, you look at it almost as if, you know, that you have a client that you're trying to please, and your right. job is to kind of come up, you know, you know, having the best options and solutions for that client. It's not, it's not what um, you would want to do, you know, and I think that's why I do the gallery work, because that's what I would want to do, and then my actual professional film work is is um, more for them, but also pouring my heart and soul into that too, and making it the best, you know, the craftsmanship I can. But you know, just being able to step back from that and just give them what they need, because they do have a huge, huge responsibility to them, to the masses, to make this expensive product and to get a return and make it funny and it's all the business. stuff that goes into that. You know, it's a business. It's tricky. And, it's hard. Um, yeah. You know, it's like you got it when you have when you're working for a successful studio like mm-hmm. DreamWorks. You, you know, they know what they're doing, and it might not be. You know, as an artist, it might not have the personal kind of gratification for you all the time. No, but no, but I think I think professionally, you know, I think it really does, and you do feel like you're part of this of this big thing which reaches so many millions of people, which is which is crazy and amazing at the same time. You know, I mean, it really is like everybody in the world has a chance to see your movie or see something you worked on, which, you know, which is pretty rare, I think, for art, you know. You know, it is. You have the best of math and class. Yes. You really do. And in this world, that's the best that anybody can ask for. Well, like, you know, and I think, think too, uh, one of the great things about DreamWorks is that our three partners, like our founding partners, are all huge art collectors. And I think it made the place a little different as far as how they they pulled artists together because I think uh, this place does... Literally have the best artists I've ever worked with, and the half the half them are from from all across the world. And I mean, it's mind numbing and inspiring every day just to come into work with some of these guys, and you see what they create and what they do, and it makes you better. It makes you work harder. I think I think sometimes, like as a solo fine artist, you don't always get that push. And I, and I think actually working here has actually made me a better artist because you really can't you can't slack off, and there's so much to learn. And I think the cool thing is like everybody here, like like aside from their actual film work has their personal work and they have such a such an actual like strong and unique point of view and it made me inspired to kind of find my own strong and unique point of view. I think that's very, very well said. And let's talk uh, before we finish this segment, because Bruce is holding for our next segment after awesome. commercial break. Um let's talk about the artists that influenced you. Yes, um well I'm a huge fan of artists and I've traveled to Paris and and, and Italy and the search of, of inspiration and just grew up reading tons of art books and one of the one of the biggest influences probably is um, is a uh, John Singer Sargent who I absolutely love. He's probably one of my favorite painters and uh, and a uh, Picasso 
and Rembrandt and Alphonse Mucha and uh, and um, um, Leindecker. Just a lot of those guys. Thing thing I love about them the most is is craftsmanship, and I think that's one thing in so much art that kind of happened. And you know, I think I think in the second half of the century, I think a lot of craftsmanship kind of fell apart. You know, like I think those guys really strove to make every piece impeccable, and I think that's something that I always try and do is just you know from hands to the fabric, the folds, to, to, to just the painting craftsmanship, to really not just, you know, hit the subject matter, but to just to transcend further and really make it as as perfect as I humanly can, you know. And I think all those guys, you know, you know, you read their journals and notes, and that was what they just toiled over their entire life as, you know, just as talented as they were. They never thought the piece was good enough. And even though they had the ego, they knew they could do they could do their point of view, but they still strove to almost be better than that. And I think that's something that I connect with very much is just trying to be better than better than what I what I have, you know, like inside my head, you know, and just making pushing that. Well, I know you have some powerful powerful influencers in your life, and again, the paintings really say it all. I mean, you know, if um, when people come down to see this collection at the Corey Helford Gallery Saturday night, January twenty fourth. 7 to 10 p.m., I think they'll see everything that you're talking about on the show today. Um, it's, um, you know, the influences, the background, the struggles, the hypocrisy, you know, the religion, the movie business. Absolutely. You know, it's, um, you know, that's why it's called Love and Tears. Yep, absolutely. Let's face it, the <laughs> title was perfect. <laughs> I mean, it's um, it's all about, you know, Love and Tears and... Um, you know, again, this this event seems like it's going really well. People are obviously reading about it. Publicists are calling in, want their celebrities to be seen. We're not having a step and repeat per se. <laughs> this is more of an elegant kind of a thing. Absolutely. But we're happy that we're getting all of the attention, right? Very exciting. It really is. I'm, I'm really so honored. I know. Well, listen, um, we're going to have to take that last commercial break, Devin. All right. Um, Bruce Telford is on hold, so we'll get to talk to one of the owners of the gallery, and I think that's really exciting. Absolutely. And, um, you know, we'll be right back right after this commercial break. All right, guys. Thanks. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. Movie premieres, TV specials, radio shows, film festivals, restaurant openings, fashion shows, charity events, yachts, parties. Festivals. At Rack and Roll Productions, we do everything except make empty promises. Grand openings, book releases, speaking engagements, television, movies, radio. Rack and Roll Productions gets the job done whether it's an intimate party or a production with 2,000 people. In fact, you've probably seen and heard our work on the E! Channel, MTV, The Howard Stern Show, or in the pages of numerous newspapers and magazines. Now it's time for us to assist you. Turn saleability into profitability with the help of Rack and Roll Productions. Visit us online at www.rackandrollentertainment. That's R A K N R O L L Entertainment.com. Or call 1 818 597 0700. Movie premieres, charity events, TV specials, radio. Rack and Roll Productions, we do it all. www.rakandrollentertainment.com. You gotta believe. Listen up. 
Conceive Magazine is now on the air, live and on demand on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific. Hosted by Kim Hahn, founder of Conceive Magazine. Conceive On Air offers comfort and emotional support to women contemplating starting or expanding their family by consulting noted professional experts and by sharing the insights and experiences of others. Kim wants to share her experiences to educate and empower women. Conceive On Air is the only complete resource destination that inspires and informs future moms about their fertility on the journey to parenthood. Conceive On Air with Kim Hahn, celebrating the creation of families. JackLaLane.com presents Jack LaLane Live on the Voice America Health and Wellness Radio Network. Each week, Jack is joined by Elaine LaLane and his nephew, bodybuilder, kinesiologist, and personal trainer, Chris LaLane, to answer your questions and help you overcome your fitness roadblocks. That's three times the diet and fitness know-how. Three times the entertainment. Tune in every Monday morning at 9 a.m. Pacific to Jack LaLane Live on the Voice America Health and Wellness Radio Network. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Get free advice from crisis communications guru Cindy Rakowitz now. Call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now let's get back to more Stars of PR. Here's your host and founder of Rack and Roll Public Relations, Cindy Rakowitz. We're back, everybody, with Devin Crane. And joining us, we actually have Bruce Helford from the Corey Helford Gallery. Bruce, thank you for joining us. Oh, thanks, Cindy. Appreciate it. Hey, Devin. Hey, Bruce. Good morning. How are you? Good morning. Good. It's really good to have you, Bruce. Um, visited your gallery um, last week on Friday, and it's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it's, um, when my wife decided to open the gallery, she had to find a space that was what she wanted to be was create a bit of a shrine for art, and she looked for a space with these really tall, I mean, like 30-foot ceilings and, uh, and, and something that would really, you know, kind of enhance the work and, and make it feel special, and she did. Well, we're, we give you kudos because um, in prior segments I sat here complimenting the gallery and the other artists that you show. It seems that you have a knack and a talent for really picking out special pieces that, you know, do not compromise the creativity and, you know, some fun and risque along with, you know, you know just being quality painters that have great potential. You seem to really have a knack and a niche for finding special, special art. Thanks. Uh, well, yeah, well, Jan is looking... I mean, the, the fun of it is to discover the new artists. And this, the, the scene that, that we're involved with, that Devin's involved with, is, is the, probably the next wave, the way that Andy Warhol and all those people were, the pop art wave that was coming. This is the next wave that's coming, rising on the tide of people like Mark Ryden and, and Murakami and Damien Hirst. It's a very edgy, fine art, and it's an art that's much more relatable to this generation. Um, and the fun is finding those artists who are, we believe, or Jan believes, are going to be the next major artist, the next major wave of fine art. 
Oh, well, it it really it looks to me like you have that down, and um, we're very very excited about this opening on Saturday night at right. um, you know seven to ten p.m. We are excited about the press generated around it. Um, in fact, I was just talking about the fact that um, some publicists are calling us and asking us if they could submit their quote end quote you know celebrities. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. Well, usually they they sneak in quietly because they don't want to get. We you know we've had things. I, I felt so bad. Danny DeVito came in and, and very quietly and uh, to look at one of the shows. And then of course people were trying to sell him scripts as they were <laughs> walking around. But uh, yeah, no, we get what do you call it? We get we get uh, um, a real interesting crowd. A lot of a lot of um, celebrities are collectors of this genre, um, major collectors of the genre. So we're always happy when they want to come to be seen at the event, and we're always happy when they just come in. Uh, quietly just to appreciate and purchase art. Well, I, I did tell the publicist that we don't do tacky things like step and repeat. No. So they know it's going to be pretty, um, you know, <laughs> mellow. There aren't going to be skylights and there won't be a red carpet. Globos, <laughs> right? The people will be there, but without the... Uh, the gaudiness. I, I think it's better that way, and I, and because the gallery is so elegant, I wouldn't want you to take away from that in any way. <laughs> right, it's right. just so elegant, and um, again, I'm I'm so happy that I have the opportunity to make the Corey Helford Gallery a part of our lives, and you know, particularly for Devin, who's really a friend first and foremost, who asked me to help him out with um, heightening his profile in conjunction with the Corey Helford Gallery and the show, um, I think that his, you know, his framed, finished pieces just look awesome. The pieces are gorgeous, and this is a particularly a special show for me. Uh, Jan um, and our director, Richard Scarry, were the, were the first people to contact and, kind of, and, and see Devin's work and to fall in love with it. And while Jan is a collector of fine art, and, and, and that's what led her to open the gallery, I collect um, like animation art and and comic book art and 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 particularly fond of the early animators, many of them who were great fine artists in their in their own right, Mary Blair and and, and so many of the people that came out of the early Disney animation and um, and the Max Fleischer people and and for me, Devin carries that tradition with him, where he brings the the whimsy and soul. Of, of what he does into the fine art medium and the, and the, and the, the collaboration of those two elements is unusual because you don't you, you feel the passion right there in the painting and the emotion right there in the painting and, is, and the colors I describe it like as, as lush because the colors are really rich and, and really beautiful no, I, I think that's very true very quickly you know you you are in art you know you show you have your gallery um, what's your commentary on the art business? and how the economy might be affecting it at this time. Well, the funny thing about art is that art is an impulse. It's something where you fall in love, and art collectors tend to be, they, they need their fix. <laughs> yeah, so no, exactly. It's so it isn't, as affected, it isn't as affected as many businesses might be, because this is something that people do for love and need to feel good. And especially during tough times, I think people look to surround themselves, especially if they're going to be at home a lot, surround themselves with images and art that, that I mean, that's what, what Jen collects art for is our house is nothing but walls of art. And you walk around and you just feel great. Oh, there's Todd Shore. Oh, there's, you know, there's, there's you know, Mark Ryden. There's Gary Baseman. There's, you know, all these wonderful pieces. 
And so I don't think it's been as affected as, as many. Obviously, people are being a little fussier. They want, and we're very lucky to have a really fine collection of artists, that where they might have in the past thought, oh, that's kind of cute, I'll buy that. Now they're looking more carefully and they're being a little more, you know, um, they're a little more selective. Yeah, no, I think that's true, and the collector element certainly helps you as well, and I think that your prices are right. You know, I mean, it's. Um, I think maybe um, artists who might, or art galleries that are in the $100,000 range might be a little challenged right now. Right. Well, this is a great time for collectors, especially for those collectors who were in those ranges, if they're looking to start, you know, looking toward the future and not looking back to what is it, you know, has past been accepted and, and, and kind of given the standard of, 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 you know, excellence where they were, they're no longer values. Now they're, they're priced at places where you really have to invest heavily to get a piece. This is a chance for people to begin new collectors and for other collectors to begin and, and collect those artists who are going to be the artists that everybody's going to be clamoring to see in the museums and everybody's going to be searching on, you know, on the Internet to try and find that one piece that's left of Devin Cranes that they're looking for. <laughs> so it's, it's really, it makes it more exciting. It's a more exciting part of the, uh, of the um, you know, of, of being an art collector, I think. It, well, in a way, you're redefining, you know, collection. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when you do focus on new artists, um, you know, you're encouraging investment and you're encouraging um, people making the investment to who those artists might be one day. Yeah, that's what it called. You should always buy, any, any gallery will tell you, you should only buy what you love, um, but people do have an eye toward what they believe will be timeless and what they believe will be, you know, will be something that they will, will hold its value or create more value as time goes on. But you always buy, always buy what you love. Well, I want to thank you, Bruce Helford, from the Corey Helford Gallery, for joining us. And, Devin, do you want to say anything to Bruce before your big show? Just uh, thank you guys so much for giving me, a, you know, just a huge chance. I mean, it is really hard as a starting artist to kind of get, get galleries to show you. So I thank you and Jan and Richard and everyone for just letting me have the chance to show with you. Well, we're just providing the white walls. You've got all the art. <laughs> well, I think that's great. I want to thank you both for joining the show. Everybody, mark down on your calendars. January 24th, this Saturday at 7 p.m., Corey Helford Gallery. Be there or you're going to miss out. Take care, everybody, and have a great day. Thank you for listening to Stars of PR with Cindy R. Please come back next and every Thursday at 7 a.m. Pacific time for more insider information on the world of public relations with Cindy Rakowitz on Stars of PR. We'll see you next week.